Canicross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Welcome to this week's Canicross Conversations. So this week we're going to do things slightly differently. I am going to interview Michelle um, and she's sitting there smiling at me. (laughs) So both Michelle and I have um, other businesses that we run and they sort of helped us get into Canicross, um, which is obviously one of our main, main things that we do. But they're both related in lots of ways. So Michelle is a running coach. And we thought this week we would talk about running for us humans, basically, because we spend a lot of time behind our dogs and we need to think and work on us as well. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks, Louise. It feels a bit odd to be on this side of the the questions. Oh, I like this. So, Michelle, tell me how you got into running and how long you've been running for. Oh, gosh. Um, I think I've been running for about 20 years now. Um, I started when I was, I'm your major way here now. I started (laughs) when I was kind of early 20s, um, just as a way to get a bit fit, really, and just lose a bit of weight originally. Um, I'd lived in Italy for a while um, and come back to the UK. And just thought I need to get out and do some exercise and running just seemed the sensible thing to do. Um, it's kind of the easy thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. So I entered, I started, um, I did a race for life 5k was my first goal event. I thought I'll set myself a little goal um, train towards that with a friend. Um, and then gradually set myself kind of longer and longer goals, um, like doing a few 10Ks and half marathons. And then I kind of I kind of dropped out of running for a while um, when I moved house and got married. Because um, I think you're kind of caught up in newly wedded bliss, aren't you? Um, so exercise kind of dropped off the radar. And it was back in 2010. And I thought, actually, I want to I want to get started running again. Um, so I remember putting a little advert in our local magazine that went around the village saying does anybody want to get out running because I thought I really need some motivation this time um and one person answered it (laughs) and from there we kind of started a running club up um, and I've never really looked back from that since since then I've been that's when I think I first called myself a runner I think once you start running with other people and getting into races and doing things like cross country and you know going to events together and setting yeah. yourselves training plans yeah um, oh, so, so since then I've not really looked back to be honest so you got you so from all that then and that's a great way that you started it's a bit like uh, you hear all these stories don't you of people sort of putting starting Facebook groups and whatever and starting a running community that way so that's a really good way so yeah. how, how did you get involved in coaching because you are a running coach aren't you mm. Well, through the club, really, because because we kind of decided to start this running club. More and more people joined. And I think at one point we had as many as, you know, 80, 90 odd members. There was wow. there were a lot of people involved and people started asking for, you know, they, they wanted proper coaching in training and running. Yeah. And they also wanted um, discounts on race fees as well which if you're affiliated to Duke Athletics yeah. you get usually two I think it's two three pounds discount um 
So to be affiliated, we had to be a proper club. Um, and to be a proper club, we needed a coach. So um, myself, my husband and another friend, we all decided to take the leadership in running course with UK Athletics. And from there, you can once you've done that, you can then move on and do coaching, the coaching qualification, the coaching running fitness, which is the next step up. Um, so it's thanks to the club, really, that I've, I've got into coaching and I've really started to enjoy the coaching side more over the years yeah so that eventually it's become you know what I do now I gave up my full-time job decided to do coaching full-time self-employed and yeah it's it's funny how running can change your life like that isn't it yeah, and again you hear so many stories and it's and it's interesting isn't it because I think as we get older and we get into running more and we our bodies start to change a little bit and you kind yeah. of and perhaps we slow down because can be the nature of things that actually having a plan or doing something or having a bit of a goal is really really important and especially with busy lives and things like that so yeah, yeah I think as we get older and plus we you know as we get older we might have more disposable income to have a running mm. and things like that so that's sort of how the running started what about the canny cross when did that start um can I, I mean I started running with with Bella our older rescue dog um probably about the same time that I started I started back running really so Bella would come out on the trails with me but we never really canny cross was never really on the radar because Bella was always she was very well behaved she was always at my heels um she'd occasionally chase the odd hair you know um but it was only when we adopted Poppy our second rescue dog that and I had these visions of we we moved to Bolton at the time, and I had these visions of running, you know, up across the moors with Poppy and Bella at my heels, you know, <laughs> well behaved. And Bella was, of course, always there, but Poppy was a different matter. So after she chased a few deer, and I panicked about losing her for a while, I thought I, I can't deal with the stress. I, I figured out that she was very prey driven. Yeah, I figured out that she was the kind of breed that is not she's not that loyal to humans she's not she's not that motivated to come back to me um, like she's very food motivated but if she sees prey yeah. if she sees something moving she'll go for it so that's where canny cross came into it really and um, even then I wasn't really I didn't even do any googling about canny cross it still wasn't on my radar as such I just thought I need her attached to me on a lead um so I went and I, I bought one of these waist belts that kind of goes yeah. across you know around your actual waist um and set about running with her and it was only when I think I posted a picture on social media um and it was Lara from Dogfit got in touch with me and she said you know there are there are better ways to be able to to do this um with with proper kit that you can yeah. get um and from there it's kind of led into this wonderful world of dog fit and canny cross running and canny cross teaching now um, so I've got Poppy to thank for that. <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, we're both kind of cross instructors, so it's um, yeah. it's really good. But and we're, you know, we've been talking a lot, you know, in, in past episodes about you know how our dogs motivate us to get out, get us running. People people run through, you know, not necessarily thinking they're runners, but because they want to exercise their dogs, getting on the lead, yeah. they get running that way. Um, January which we're just about still in, um, is a good time uh, to set New Year's resolutions. And I, I can be, but 
I don't know that you have to do that all the time, but you can set goals, can't you? It's really yeah. important to set goals. Um, and what's the best way to get started if you're brand new to running then? If you're brand new to running, um, the best way is just start with a bit of walk running. So do a few running spurts with some walk breaks in between. There are loads of really good apps um, that you can download now to your phone. Um, I've just downloaded one to help our eight-year-old start running, actually, because um, she wants to, well, she's actually, she's been running for a while. We've been going to a running club, but she wants to start really improving now. So I suggested to her, let's download this NHS Couch to 5K app, which is really good, actually. Yeah. Um, it kind of takes you through. You can choose a famous voice to to help motivate you. And um, we've got Denise Lewis, you know, Olympia. So, and it starts you off really, really gently with 60 seconds running, um, 60 seconds walking, I think it is. Um, and then just gradually builds you up through the weeks. Um, and I, really, I think there's something really important because I had a client. Yeah. Uh, so, and I just think this is so important because she started doing the Catch to 5K. And people, and she's like, I can get up to week four and I'm fine. And mm. I can't remember what the distance or the timing was. She said, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make the next one. You know, I think that's too far. And they said, that's yeah. absolutely fine. You can keep repeating doing what you're doing until you're ready to go up to next week. And I think that's what people need to be aware of, isn't it? That you can absolutely slowly, it's, it's you, you know, this is a guide. This is, you can do this in your own time and just take it out when you're ready. You're yeah, thinking- absolutely. We are. We started Couch 5K with my daughter at the beginning of January. So that would have been, what, four weeks ago. And we're still on week, halfway through week two. So we're, we're kind of doing it at her pace and she, yeah. she's enjoying the week one and week two sessions. So we're sticking with those for now. We don't need to kind of move yeah. on yet. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. If you need to take a step back, if you need to just repeat a week, that is absolutely fine to do. And I think the other thing that's really important to say is that Couch 5K, if you are a new runner and you, you your dog and you are just starting out canny crossing, it's perfect for that because absolutely, you know, you might your dog might hair around the fields or whatever, but actually canny crossing is slightly different because it's more continuous, isn't it? So yeah. um, being on that attached, so it's a, a Couch 5K is a fantastic way of learning it together. Yeah, it is. It is. And the dog, you know, when the dog's pulling into a harness, there's more force on the dog as well, remember. So we'll take it out of the dog more. So do build the dog up as slowly as you would yourself when yeah. you're starting out with Canny Cross. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. And I think yeah. you, know, you probably don't say that enough. Another thing I think a lot of people probably need to hear about the Couch 5K is you don't need, you know, these these running segments in it, you don't need to make them fast. They don't need to be yeah. fast running. You know, make them keep your pace gentle. Take a friend with you that you can chat to to make sure that you're running at a sensible chatty pace. Because if you if you go out and make it really hard and try and run too fast, you're not going to enjoy it. Um, and the key thing with Couch 5K is it it aims to get you out running consistently so that it becomes a habit. Yeah. So it can take quite a few weeks for a habit to form and for it to become normal for us. So it's key that you really enjoy those early sessions and that you want to get out doing it yeah so keep them really easy and enjoyable go somewhere nice to do them you know and I I think that is important isn't it and if you have to walk more than you run again you build that up don't you and it you do yeah and and you'll be surprised at how I mean I've just come back from a couple of months back from injury and I can just feel my fit I haven't done the catch 5k again but I can just feel my fitness coming back and and that when you get to that point so if you're starting from scratch, when you get to that fitness feeling, 
it's it's just amazing. So it's um it's a really nice way of doing it. I when you get to a point of um running for a while, and you know people run for different reasons, don't they? Yeah. But what is the importance of having a training plan? You know, doing different things when you're running because I I can be guilty of this. I I have my set times that I go out or I plan my week and I've got my times that go out and it's usually with the dog and I probably should do more solo running um which is what my aim is for um but how do I sort of how do I get myself better because my dog's getting faster and fitter so how do I get faster and fitter right well that's kind of, it's kind of two questions there isn't there so the first question is <laughs> how do you know if you need a training plan, I mean, I guess it depends on what your goals are, really. So if, if you're just if you just want to run for fun and enjoyment and you can be consistent in your running and enjoy it, I, I don't think you need to worry about including other things. Um, if, if you're struggling to keep up with your dog and want to get a bit fitter, I mean, the dog, I think dogs are generally better athletes than we are normally, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> they're certainly faster they're, they're built for running aren't they dog? they've got more legs than we have they have i know their strides much bigger than ours so of course they're faster um so i mean you, you can you can do that effectively with your dog i mean it's probably easier if you do some free running as well um because i don't know if you've ever tried to do interval training with a dog but it's well yeah if i go along the canal really. it's, if I go along the canal, yeah. it's easy <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if Papi sees a squirrel, then that gives us some good sprints. Um, but <laughs> Not very scientific, though. <laughs> no, it's e- it is easier to do those kinds of sessions without your dog, if I'm quite honest. Um, so you would try and include things like, you know, shorter, faster bursts of running um, that we call interval training. You might include some hill reps. I mean, that'd be easy to do with your dog, although your dog might not kind of... Might I might think you're a bit crazy going up and yeah. down. But again, good good practice. Hills will help us build fitness and power um, and help us improve our posture as well. If, if you think about when you're running uphill, your posture is as it should be. Um, we're not slouched, are we? We're usually up straight. Um, we're taking nice little strides. Our foot's landing underneath us. Um, so it's really good for practicing technique as well. Um, no, actually, most of the time, if you are doing that canny crossing, that uh, no, I, I'm making an assumption here, but dogs will get tired and, and maybe run by your side a bit easier. So it's easier to do, isn't it? The hill, rest? yeah, it is. It is. I find it hard to, I mean, I usually take Poppy out with me when I'm, it's very rare I run without Poppy. Um, but if I'm training for something, so run, running for me is different to training. So if I'm training for a race, I will maybe only do two canny cross runs a week. And my other sessions will be on my own because I want to do a long run that I can do at a certain pace without having to worry about the dog. I want to yeah. go out and do some interval running, which I find very difficult with the dog and which I'd rather do on pavement. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I might want to do some hill reps. I might want to do a tempo run where I'm trying to hit a certain pace that I want to, you know, to build on to improve my race performance. So those are the kinds of sessions I would probably do on my own. Um, but it, it really depends on what your goals are. You, yeah. you don't have to include these types of sessions by any means to improve. You can improve just by running consistently. Yeah. Um, you know, consistency practice is what makes you a better, more efficient runner, really. Yeah. No, um, the others, the other sessions are just 
just kind of the icing on the cake. They just kind of fine tune you really. They're not, I wouldn't say they're that crucial. Unless you're going to do some canny cross races and then they will help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it yeah, if you're looking to improve and get fitter and faster, yeah. Or faster, I should say, then yeah, definitely think about including something different like that. Yeah. No, that's good. So talk to me about warm-ups and cool downs because most runners mm. and I am being <laughs> don't bother. We get our shoes on and we head out the door. I I have my take on this now, but my <laughs> Yeah. So why should we do both warm up and a cool down? Well, again, it depends on what you're doing, doesn't it? It depends on the session. So if you're heading out for an easy run, I mean, we're inherently lazy. I am one of these lazy runners. I very rarely warm up. If I'm heading out for an easy run with the dog, I will just I'll start with a little walk, Louise. I won't I don't tend to do a warm up because we're just out for an easy jog. So do something that emulates what your session is going to be. So if you're going to go out and do an easy run, you know, warm up into it gradually, do a little walk, warm up into it gradually. Obviously don't set off hurtling away. Don't let the dog set off like a rocket. Um, That should be ample warm up for you. If you're going to be out doing hill reps, get a more decent warm up in. So, you know, 10 to 15 minutes easy running a few strides to get your legs moving faster have a few goes up the hill just to warm you up first before you get into your session proper so just kind of think about what your session is going to be um and try and make the warm-up fit to that so you need to be just thinking about what muscles you need to warm up that you're going to be using so with cool downs that's different because the idea of a cool down is to get our heart rate back down to normal and then stretch out our muscles. So you would just ease off. Once you finish the main part of your session, just ease off gradually um, into a light jog. Have a little bit of a walk. Make sure your heart rate's back to normal. And then you can think about doing some stretches, so whatever they might be. Yeah. And uh, actually, it's and I'm just going to add in with my own experience of, of Canicross, I and my age as well and been having injuries I now have to warm up and if I don't warm up before I go out and that for me might I do build my heart rate up but I also do a lot of strength so I do lots of squats and lunges just to get the joints moving and to get my muscles engaged and ready to run yeah Uh, so so that's what I tend to do it's a very individual thing isn't it and you know how you feel so if you're going to set off on a run and start you know, your muscles are going to start aching, you're going to be creaking a little bit, and you know that a warm-up's going to help you, then yes, that's obviously what your body needs. So, you know, it's it's a very individual thing, and it's hard to prescribe a certain warm-up for somebody um, because it's just so different for everybody. I think that's right. And I think also when you're canny crossing, as you say, when we go out, it's really good because we tend to walk so the dog can do all it needs to do. And also coming back from that, Canny cross cooling down is is well it's vital for both of us isn't it and yeah I think, it is again, some people sort of forget that so um so yeah if you're looking out for your dog and not yourself then look out for your dog so that will bring your own cool down in <laughs> so we talked briefly about stretching and mm. I think you know I could go on about stretching quite a lot um, <laughs> but I won't um but I think it is really important even if you don't do it after 
your session. I think flexibility is going to really help. Mobility and flexibility really helps with your running technique, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it does. We can talk about that later. And and just doing those on separate days is still going to have a benefit, even if it's not straight after your run. Yeah. I mean, the purpose of doing it after a run is to just return your muscles to the original length because they, you know, they get they get tight, don't they? Yeah. We just want to stretch them out just while they're still warm, really. Yeah. Um, just so we're not stiff the day after, really. But yeah, absolutely, you know, including a few stretch sessions in your weeks, you know, such as Pilates, yoga is is really good and will help us be better, more efficient runners. Yeah, no, definitely. So rest days. Yeah. Tell me about why do we need to rest and how often should we? Well, again, it's I feel like I'm a stuck record because it's a very individual thing. Um, I've noticed as I'm getting older, I need more rest days. <laughs> My body takes longer to recover from harder sessions, certainly. Um, things like, you know, when I go out and do a fast, faster 5K, I kind of feel like I need either a very easy day the day after or a rest day. So rest days don't necessarily mean inactive days either. Um, they just mean it's it's just about listening to your body. I'm thinking, right, I've had a really tough session here. What does my body need from me today? So it might be a walk. It might be an easy run. It might be some cross training, you know, something Pilates. different. <laughs> yeah, Pilates, perfect. Although okay. I find, can I just say, I find Pilates so hard. <laughs> I was I was sweat on in Pilates. But the good thing about it, which is yeah. why it's good to do on a rest day, is it's low impact. So it's it not is. strains and stresses on your joints. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Um, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so rest days, you know, they don't necessarily need to be inactive. I think that's the key. You can still be moving about. Um, but it's just listening to your body and not overdoing it, because if we if we try and do too much, particularly, you know, we're talking today about being new to running. Yeah. Um, if you try and do too much too soon, um, you, you're going to pick up an injury or you're going to make yourself ill. Because um, our immune system lowers if we get into overtraining, um, so you're likely to be ill, um, or you might pick up an injury. I mean, common injuries with beginners are things like shin splints. Yeah, um, people have just tried to do too much too soon or too fast too soon. Yeah, and not necessarily with the proper shoes on and things like that. Yeah, it's just it's just important to when you're starting out. I mean, if if you download the app, you know, a Couch to Five K app, they will recommend you do three sessions a week with a rest day in between um and, th and that's sensible to start with just give your body ample time to recover yeah. um and I know with you know with some people kind of run every day they still factor in recovery days they might not be resting from running but you know if you're factoring in regular let's call them recovery days yeah um then that should be enough to give your body a chance to recover so as a new runner or even mm. as a runner who's been doing it for a while and never really thought about it before, should we be worrying about our technique? I think when you're starting out, don't worry. Don't worry about it. It can seem so complicated when you're starting. And I think all you need to worry about if you're brand new to running is working on finding that pace that for you is comfortable. So your body will naturally fall into and kind of a form that it that it likes yeah 
So if that's going to cause you problems and injury, you will soon know about it because your body will be complaining. Um, so it's at that point that you probably should start thinking a little bit about your running technique. Um, the main things I coach to beginners are, it's similar to what you teach in Pilates, Louise. So, I mean, I've done your Pilates runners course and the main things you're looking for is that your core is nice and engaged. Your pelvis is in the right place. So not we're not kind of in a sitting position. We're nice and upright and our head is upright. I, I kind of describe it as imagine somebody's got hold of a piece of string from the top of your head and it's just pulling you up a little bit. So, you know, shoulders not hunched. <laughs> so it's just really simple things like that. I mean, don't. I think a lot of time when you do reading about running technique, you read about heel striking and forefoot running. Don't worry about any of that. Your body will kind of do that naturally. And you'll notice that if you pick up the pace a little bit, you try and run faster, you'll notice that your technique automatically gets more upright and you land on a different part of your foot the faster you're running. So that kind of those changes to your running technique will come as you start to, once you improve your fitness, once you start to work on your speed a little bit and try and get faster and do those sessions more and more, your body will get used to how that feels and it will learn that that feels better, that that feels more efficient. So we shouldn't try and force technique is what I'm saying. We should focus on fitness first. And actually, I know when I started canny crossing, my technique, I just felt like I was running better. Yeah. And, and again, that all depends on the type of dog that's pulling you. But because I have a strong pulling dog, I was having to run properly. Yeah. Because I would. Yeah. I mean, I was having to think about it. And I was lengthening. I was using my arms and obviously my core was engaged. Um, but I think my running technique is better when I'm canny crossing than when I'm not. Yeah, I agree with you. I think if, if you think about it, the way we live now. So we sit at desks a lot of the time. We sit in cars. Um, we are primarily in a seated position. When I see people standing up straight now, they're not standing up straight. They're kind of slouching. And it's just the way we've kind of become. And we tend to run like that. And if you run when you're kind of still slouched, you will have a very flat footed kind of your foot will be hitting the ground um, and you will have a very flat footed running style there. So when you run with a dog and your dog is naturally because, we you know, dogs are amazing athletes your dog naturally wants to run quicker. You are being pulled forward at the waist. You're trying to keep up with your dog. You're taking longer strides. So you're not running flat footed anymore. You're landing on a different part of your foot. You're, you've got that forward lean from the ankle. And really your dog is like the best, <laughs> the best partner to help you learn a more efficient running technique. Um, you just got to be careful not to overstride too much, obviously, but that forward lean and the upright posture that you will naturally assume because you'll want your balance to be better when you're in canny cross harness will certainly help you um, be a more efficient runner. Yeah, no, and I can see that in people that, you know, yeah. when, I, when I do sessions for them. So how, so sort of heading back to canny cross, how often would you canny cross as part of your running technique, uh, routine, sorry? Yeah, I mean, it depends, doesn't it? It depends on what your goals are and what you've got booked in um I mean if you're I, th I think I mentioned earlier if you're training for a race you might want to plan in some of those key key sessions um just you on your own um particularly if you're going to be running it without your dog 
Um, but dogs are fantastic running partners. Um, a puppy generally comes on most of my easy runs with me, um, unless they're super long or on road. Um, so it's, you know, it's totally up to you. Dogs will, will fit into your training plan, really, whatever it is. Um, I've, I've written loads of plans for people that include Canny Cross as part of that. Um, I, I generally do plan them in on the easier days when I want them to get off road and just build up a bit of resilience off road a little bit. Um, and is there, is there much difference between the training that you would do and just bearing in mind for fitness or if you're racing, mm-hmm. but because I, I hate running on the road now and I, even if I'm off by myself, I'll, I'll go across the fields. And yeah. Play. Is there anything extra you would do for trail runners or in your, you know, in your running programs or, well, we're talking trail runners with dogs or without dogs. Well, both. So, you know, canny crossers, but maybe we want to increase our fitness on the trails. And so we want to do some solo sessions. Yeah. I mean, if someone's tra- training for a trail race, um, it will be mostly off-road. Um, so and there'll probably be hills involved in that. So we'll include a lot more hills. Um, we'll expect <laughs> to be on our feet for longer as well, because everything seems to take so much longer yeah off road doesn't it I get on road now and I think oh my god this is easy because <laughs> <laughs> it feels so nice um so yeah it's 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 just whatever you're training for you just have to kind of emulate what you've got coming up really um but trail running is is mainly about it's getting your feet used to if you need to trail running you need to get your feet and all your muscles used to constantly having to move and adjust yeah to help your balance because yeah. when you're on the road or if you're on a treadmill in the gym your foot's constantly landing in the same position um and your foot gets used to that and I think we get a bit lazy as road runners yeah um so even if you are training for a road race do get out on the trails once you know once or twice a week will make you a much stronger runner because all those tiny little muscles in your feet that can sense where the ground is they're constantly working hard my calves always ache a little bit if I've not done trail running for a bit um or I've not been up a hill for a bit because you know hill running again is is also so good for that kind of thing yeah and Um, there's lots of hills around you yeah there are (laughs) no well that's been brilliant and I hope people have found that interesting some you know little tips and uh you know especially if you're starting out and running you're starting out canny cross with your dog i think it's really um important not to worry about it and go out and enjoy it um but also know that you can go slow you can go fast um and it really depends on you and your fitness michelle where can people get hold of you because you do virtual running plans for people don't you i do i do online coaching um (laughs) so you can get in touch with me on my website www.mileswithmichelle.co.uk or social media at mileswithmichelle on Instagram or mileswithmichelle on Twitter. And she's very, you're on it all, you're on it a lot, which is good. You're good I am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> at all. Brilliant. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of um, Canny Cross Conversations and, um, Yeah, thank you, Michelle, for being my guest today. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you in the next episode.